Hello, everybody. This is Kylie Gatewood, and welcome once again to Winning the Week, the podcast where winning the mind battle is not just possible, but it's actually practical. In this week's episode, I have the one, the only, Dr. Billy Brim, who just so happens to be my beanie. Yes, glad to be. Welcome to Winning in the Week. You're number, you're number one of ten grandchildren. Never forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've got the bookends here today. I have Isaac, who is number 10. Mm-hmm. He's 11 years old. And you are? Well, I, won't go there. We want something. But you know who else <laughs> I have on the on the broadcast today? It's three generations on yes, the podcast honey, your mom. My mama and mama say hi to the people. Okay, this is my... We, have, uh, we only have two microphones. So uh, for all my adoring, wonderful fans, uh, understand that, yes... Um, Kylie swings the microphone over. I say hello, and it is a privilege to be here. I'm telling you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. We're sitting across from Mom in her beautiful uh, home here in the Ozarks. and uh, On Bull Shoals Lake. Bull Shoals. We're looking I, out over the over the lake. Yeah. There's the Ozark mist coming on, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm blessed, and we're seeing my birds. and Wonderful memories this time of year, Mom. I wonderful memories. I little uh, Christmas stockings hung on the mantle. Uh, the children, the grandchildren. We the have lots of memories. We were talking about some of those memories earlier. <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to remember this Christmas uh, because um, I was living at Blue Eye. And at Blue Eye, I had a house that was high on a hill with probably the best view of Table Rock Lake other than uh, Big Cedar. And it just was a gorgeous view. And the house, uh, all the downstairs was one big room. And when I went into the house to buy it, Brandon said, uh, Mimi, let's don't put any furniture in here. We can play basketball. We put a goal at each end. It was that big. It was You could run a mile in you, there. Yeah, and upstairs, you know, were the bedrooms and the kitchen and the living room and all that. And they were kind of chopped up little rooms, but that one was a big one. They made up for it downstairs. Yes. And so uh, the children would put on the life of Christ, the complete life of Christ, every Christmas from the birth to the... <laughs> that brings fiction that brings up a, on up to the resurrection that brings up one happy memory that that and then quasi was always the uh because she did a lot of little theater and things like that and she was always the director so she assigned the roles and one of the top roles you could get was mary of course and uh all along the room was so big because the lady i bought it from she had cabinets all along one wall she was a quilt maker yeah. And she kept all kinds of things in those cabinets, and they were long, tall cabinets. So we get way down, and Cody, he is going to be the... That's my brother, my little brother. Yeah. Now, now first off, Brandon, he's kind of ornery. He's a preacher now out in California. Well, that well, last year? Let's get their ages. Uh, well, the, well, yeah, I'm... Um, I see, Cody had been about 12, 13, maybe. Yeah. So he's Jesus crucified. He's yeah. He's going to be well. Let's we got to go back to the inn. You know when there was no room in the inn. Inn and Mary, she's little. She's like five or six years old. I mean, she's that old. And Brandon, he's he's what I don't know eight, nine, somewhere around in there. He's a preacher out in California now. And um, but in the play, he's a Roman soldier. In the in the first, he wanted all the mean parts at that time. And he—he was a—he well, he wasn't a Roman soldier in the first scene. He was the innkeeper. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah, no room in the inn. He wanted to say no room in the inn. It was a limited cast, so everybody got you know two or three parts. Yeah, uh, at at that time we only had what eight or nine grandchildren. Yeah, we were definitely missing. We were missing uh, little Isaac. We didn't have him yet. So anyway, 
First, he's the innkeeper, no room in the inn, and he's really mean and bad about that. Now, we go all the way through the life of Christ. Coming down into this downstairs huge room, you come from upstairs, and there's a single staircase. It doesn't have a bend in it or anything. It's just a straight down one. And so they enter into the scenes from there. The angels will enter carrying uh, candles and things like that. And uh, so this time, this year, they did it every year, um, then Cody is going to be the Roman soldier. No, 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 Cody, Cody is the uh, Jesus. Jesus on the cross. He's on the the cross, and he's hanging up on these cabinet handles. He can put his feet there on the edge. Perfect for a cross. Perfect up there. And And the Roman soldier, Brandon, starts beating him. Now, let me just say this. Because you've been to Israel many, many times, you have lots of scarves, lots of Israeli clothes. Yeah, and had a big closet closet down there. Right there by, by these cabinets. And in that closet, that's where they dress for the scene. So Mary looked like she just stepped out of Bethlehem. Uh-huh. She, her, it, her costuming was tremendous. She really looked like a real Mary. Four or five years old yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. And so she's watching the scene as her cousin Brandon. Is beating. Soldier, is beating Cody. Who Jesus. Is Jesus on the cross. Yes. Then what happens? You want to tell well, her or me? she got furious. Mary did. Mary yes. got furious. Yeah. And she just, yeah, Pesha Brim. She's now Dr. Brim. She's yes. now a doctor. She doesn't do these things anymore. No, she but doesn't. Then. She's in her second year, first year of residency. And she, but at that time, she became furious at that Roman soldier. And she took off across that room. And the Roman soldier is Brandon, and she began to meet him, beat him mercilessly. Well, she rode his back like a camel. Yeah, she got up on his back and began to beat him around and the she's shoulders very and strong ears. For age. And so the Roman soldier, Brandon, looked at an audience, which would be Papa and Nana, all, all the grandparents the and aunts, and say, "We're in, we're in chairs." Wait a second. No, they also sold tickets. Yeah, they sold tickets. Yeah. Uh-huh. And every year there was a worthy cause, and one year it was so that Nana and Papa could get a satellite dish. <laughs> yeah, and Bob said, "Your dad said I have to bring presents, and then I have to pay to watch this play." So anyway. Oh. But Here the comes the soldier said it's not in the script that Mary beats me up. <laughs> Get her off. This isn't part of the play. And Papa had a cane then and he got so thrilled and excited. It was like championship wrestling. He got so thrilled. He starts He starts hitting the floor with his joy, cane. Pure joy. Now that's one Christmas. Now we're talking about another Christmas. Huh. Same house, same scene, same huge room. And I don't think we'd had the play yet. Because the kids got really upset they didn't get to do the play. The and so we're down there, and we're looking out, and we're getting ready to do the play. And your dad, Bob Oaks, who now lives in heaven, Shelly's husband, Kylie's dad, he looks out, and he sees a big black cloud. He said, that is a snow cloud, and I'm getting out of here. Well, it's like sitting in a weather station. Uh, here. Just raise your little hand when you want the microphone. Okay, You wait. can't just... Pipe up over there. <laughs> uh, Mom's uh, beautiful overview from her den, you're up like in an eagle's nest. You're high above the lake. You can see weather patterns for miles <laughs> ahead of time. And so for Bob to see this shelf of a storm coming in from miles away, calculated, shall we just have enough time to make it home? And sure enough, about less than an hour, we'd make it home. Yeah, but sure enough, every single adult went home. 
Every single adult went out the doors of the house and left me, except for Terry, my son Terry. Well, he wasn't married. No, he was single. (laughs) So only just Terry was left there. And I was left there with all of the kids. Thank God I had a lot of food. But a blizzard came, a snowstorm, an ice storm. Yeah. And I'm in with the kids for days and days and days. And Terry, well, we had sleds out in the garage so terry goes out and gets the sleds always the prepared grandmother oh yes and so from from one side of the hill it was really steep so terry made the rule only he cody uh, jared and brandon can go down that hill what was the name of that hill suicide hill suicide Hill. now on the other side it was more graded you know softly and that's where hannah and quatesy and shoshi i don't even know if shoshi was big enough to go but Hannah and Quatesy could go down there. Mm-hmm. Well, something happened. Hannah and Quatesy were on the same sled. Quatesy was in front, Hannah behind, and they started down the little bunny hill, but it got blown over somehow to the suicide hill. And down they were going. There was only one neighbor to the left of me, one house. And that house had a big, um, some kind of utility box. And those girls were headed on that sled as fast as you could go down that suicide hill to that utility box. Little Quasi said to me, and she's little. She's still little to this day. She said, Mimi, I knew my legs were broken. And over, what do you know, that sled got picked up, taken over that utility box to the other side, went on down and stopped before plunging to the lake. It was, it there was, was no house, you know, there to stop it at that time. It was supernatural. It was an angel. I was up in the house looking out those big windows, and I said, and I I don't know if I had time. I thought Jesus. I don't even know if I had time to say Jesus. Right. But something picked them up and saved the day. Did they go down any more times after that? I don't. I think their sledding days were over, the girls. (laughs) They called it it a a rest. Well, I am really excited to... uh, have these memories and now you kind of know what it's like around the dining room table because in the broom family we we have a lot of preachers and not a whole lot of listeners so we all we all (laughs) go back and forth but um you know just to kind of get us in the christmas spirit little little bing crosby it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm telling you, how long is this show going to be? Go. This, we're only at 10 minutes. Take a look in the we're good to go. Mimi put up uh, some stockings today. And, you know, well, you know, talk about the Grinch. How the Grinch, you don't want him to steal Christmas No, we don't year. want the Grinch to steal Christmas. You know, there's that little play. And uh, I don't like people to steal Christmas. Like, for instance, we've got Thanksgiving here at the house, and I don't put up my Christmas tree until after it. But I do love Christmas. I really like Christmas. I like all the lights that we have in Branson. And uh, people are always, well, they're like little Grinches, little Christian Grinches, Christian, you know. Don't be a Christian Grinch. <laughs> I think, can I make a T-shirt, please? <laughs> Well, we have, it's not really Christmas. It's, we got this from a pagan date, you know, a pagan holiday. No, we didn't get this from a pagan holiday. And I'm going to tell you where we did get this. I love Christmas. I like every light. I don't like people saying, oh, it's so commercial, da-da-da-da, spend all, why gripe? 
And I used to go to the Soviet Union. Shelley went with me, and we went there year after year during KGB days, during socialist days. And uh, for them to, the underground church where we went to, when I told my grandchildren I went to underground church, they used to think I went down a rabbit hole. But no, you had to have a hidden service. And usually it was in an apartment uh, where some of them lived in those hideous apartments that they had. And the people would just crowd in there. And so I was there one time, and it was January. And um, they kept all the blinds drawn, and occasionally they'd look out the blind to see if the KGB had followed us there, you know. And I looked out to see myself, and there in the, in the windowsill was one little silver icicle. And it was evidence that could have sent them to prison. Because if you had Christmas, and you celebrated Christmas and you had children there, then you go to jail for five years. So there was, after they had their Christmas holiday, they had had to clean up all the evidence and hide it. But there was evidence, an icicle. So I came home and I thought, I'm never again going to listen to any griping about Christmas. We're free to have Christmas. We're free. Gives you new eyes and new perspective. Yes, a new perspective. And that's why uh, socialism, we just can't have it. Bless the Lord, but let's don't get political. Uh, I'm going to go on over into now. We do not, and the early church fathers did not choose December 25th because it was a pagan holiday. Any more than Sunday was chosen because it was a pagan holiday or the name of a, a Roman god. No, no, no. Uh, the Jews had Sabbath, which was the seventh day. But then when Jesus came, he arose on the first day of the week. And the first day of the week, you start over after the seven days, the seventh day being the Shabbat, and then you come to the eighth day, eight meaning new beginnings. So with Jesus, he rose on the first day of the week. You remember they came to the sepulcher the first day of the week. Uh, the Jews call the days the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, the seventh day. And when they met in Bible times, it said that they met on the first day of the week. Uh, I remember Paul, he wrote, now, I'm coming to uh, collect. I want you to have the offering all collected so that when I come there and you meet on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So we're the Sunday people. We don't meet there because it has anything to do with the pagan holiday. Neither do we have Christmas on the 25th of uh, December because it is a pagan holiday. Now, let's, let, let's, let's uh, do a little backtracking here. Why do we have it on the, uh, on the 25th? Well, Let's, let's look some reasons why we know Jesus was not born in a manger in December 25th, on December 25th. He was not. But December 25th, now remember, there's still a reason for choosing it. But Jesus was not born in the wintertime. The shepherds would not have had, there was no, there's no food in the field. It gets cold in this. It's cold in there. I mean, and it snows. Mm-hmm. And they do not have their flocks in the field around Bethlehem on December 25th. Right. They would have them in caves. Jesus was probably born in a cave. We've been, both of you, we were there just not long ago right. in the Bethlehem field, you know. And, and Shelly, you did have an experience there. Oh, I did. Uh, <clears throat> well, one thing, 
it's just nice to be able to go to Bethlehem as an American, but moving right along, uh, they said this last trip, would you like to go to a certain place where we believe the baby lambs were born? Yeah, the baby lambs. Because especially during the winter time, they have, or, you know, the fall or the spring, um, the fall, especially they need protection. Well, let me interrupt. We're talking Bethlehem. Yes. Close to the temple. The temple has thousands of lambs slain every year. And they have to be without blemish. Sacrificial lambs. So there's a place called the shepherd's field in Bethlehem. And this is the place where the lambs are raised that are going to go for temple sacrifice. Yeah. Yes, without blemish. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, it's so close to the temple mount there in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, the guide and then a man, a pastor who lives there in Bethlehem, myself and a couple of other people were lowered down into this cave and in this cave would have been authentic birthing place of these little lambs and you talk about the witness of the holy spirit to know that jesus when john said behold the lamb Mm -hmm. the lamb of god Mm -hmm. that takes away the sin of the world and that he was born probably in a cave, someplace of protection, mm-hmm. in a manger, laying in, lying in a manger. But the lamb of God was protected. And to be lowered in that place and to sense it was actually kind of a cool day. The wind was blowing. And in that place, there was no wind. It was very quiet. You could almost hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. And it's. I treasure it. Mm-hmm. It's a moment in a memory. And and I would believe that probably is an authentic site where they have the Church of the Nativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that star that you see in the floor there is over a cave of one of the birthing places for the lamb. He he everything in the Bible is significant. Yes. So he was born in Bethlehem where the little lambs were born that were gonna go down and be the temple sacrifices. Now, why do we think he was, he was not actually born in December 24th, on December 24th, in the wintertime? For one thing, the shepherds would not have been in the field. For another thing, uh, Rome, if you study history at all, they didn't want those Jews rebelling. They would never have called for all the Jews to come and be enrolled in the wintertime when it was a hard trip and when they had to make a special trip. They would have chosen a time for them to make their trip that they were already coming. And when they would already be coming, they would have already have been coming in September at the feast that we call um, Tabernacles, Mm -hmm. which is the feast of Sukkot. Mm -hmm. That's the fall feast. So it is well believed that it was the fall feast when Mary and Joseph came with Mary very pregnant riding on a, on, a, on a donkey or walking along beside the donkey with a donkey laden with her goods. Either way, it was a long, hard trip. And they came, and they came during the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I got a lot of this from the book, uh, the Bible, uh, the Companion Bible, which has notes by Bullinger, E.W. Bullinger. 
And he says one of the main reasons that we can believe that he was born in September and actually on September 29th, and I'm going to tell you why uh, September 29th, is because of an ancient, ancient feast called the Feast of St. Michael and All the Angels, or Michaelmas. This is a minor Christian festival, which is observed, I'm reading from Wikipedia, in some Western liturgical calendars on September 29. The Serbian Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox, they still celebrate this. It is so old, this feast. Another place that I looked up said, um, a reference to it said that it is so old they've forgotten why that they have this feast on that day. A companion Bible, he says, Bullinger says, uh, Shelley, do you have page one there? Want to read the companion Bible, Bullinger? Yes, an overwhelmingly strong argument in favor of the correctness of this view, that is, of Christ born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, September 29th, lies in the fact that the date of the festival of Michael and all the angels has been from very early times the 29th day of September on Gentile or Western reckoning. However, but the church even then had lost sight of the reason why this date, rather than any other in the calendar, should be so indissolubly not to be undone inseparably associated with the great angelic festival. So the following expresses the almost universal knowledge, or rather want of knowledge, of quote-unquote Christendom on the subject. Now I looked up this that uh, I'm going to read to you right now. It came from Smith's Dictionary of Christian Antiquity. We pass on now to consider in the third place the commemoration of September 29, the festival of Michaelmas, par excellence, It does not appear at all certain what was the original special idea of the commemoration of this date. But, and we're going on to say, read now from Bullinger, a reference uh, lets us know that this, just think about it, it's called the Festival of Michael and All the Angels. And it's been held on September 29 from so long that people even forgot what it was why it was on September 29. Now remember that when he came into the world and they saw him, the angels, I mean, excuse me, the shepherds, who was there? The shepherds. And the, who in the, the angels. angels? The angels were there. All the angels were there. Now the angels also are being celebrated as having been there on September 29. September 29, it is believed, was the actual day Jesus was born and that it was the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles that year. He was not born in the year one. He was born four to six BC. Uh, We know that uh, our calendar is off by that much. And we know that he was born before King Herod died. So the, the idea is that he was... There's something special about September 29, so special that Michael, probably the number one of all angels, Mm -hmm. especially regarding Israel, and all the angels are celebrated on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And it says in John chapter 1, 
that he came, bless the Lord, and tabernacled, the word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. He tabernacled um, in the beginning. Here's John's literal, uh, Young's literal translation. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word was God, verse 14, and the word became flesh and did tabernacle among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of a father, full of grace and truth. Now here, if you have December 25th and you have September 29 marked, and both of them are marked as being great days of celebration with the angels, if you count back, if he was born and tabernacled among us, on September 29, then you go back the correct number of months and days, and you find out that the conception date was December 25th. December 25th, he became flesh. So is that when the power of the Holy Ghost came upon Mary? That's when the power of the Holy Ghost became upon Mary, and that's when he became flesh on the day of the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles and tabernacled among us. You know, life begins at conception. Yes. And the Jews still believe that. The stu- Jews count, your, count you having come from conception. that date of your conception. So December 25th, the reason why it was chosen and it was named the Feast of Michael and all the angels because heaven stood up. Yes. When he, yes. he, he humbled himself. Yes. Isn't that what it says in the book yes. of Philippians? Yes. He humbled himself. He laid aside all his privileges. He laid aside all of his glory and entered into the body of a woman. He made the same journey you do, Kylie. He made that very same journey, and it was on December 25th then. That's why they celebrated. It's still a day they celebrate. They forgot why they celebrate it, but we celebrate it because it is truly the day of our Lord becoming flesh and dwelling among us. The shepherds and all of that would have been September 29, but it's perfectly all right for us to take December 25th and recognize the whole of his coming from the nine months that he came. Yeah. It's so good. It's so, so, so good. And then that was the day, you know, nine months he, he then is humbled himself in the oven until he came. Um, But he also grew up and knew all manner of temptation that we would have to endure. Mm -hmm all manner of um, the opportunity. He knew, he knew disappointment. He knew all of those things. He, he, right. He knew being tired and wanting to rest. He took on, he, he, he disrobed himself from where he was with his father to know, laid it aside, laid it aside for you and for me. And we don't have to be Christian Grinches. We can t- use this time to actually um, recognize the whole of it and share All what he how did. much his Think love. about it, Kylie. He, it said in, Be- in, in the prophecy that he's going to be born in Bethlehem, it called him the ancient, yeah. 
ancient one, and he he had walked up and down, it says, through the ages. He had walked up and down through the ages, but he came and entered into a body as a little little embryo and a little all of that that you walked. And then he that had walked up, he had walked up and down through eternity. He had to learn to walk. He had to learn to talk. Mm-hmm. He just didn't come walking and talking. That reminds me of Sister Clara Grace. And yeah. I don't know if you want to share that or not. We're, we're about out of time, aren't we? But a dear saint of God, a prophetess, course, prophetess mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mom, you were introduced to her as... Through Brother Hagen, through, through Brother Kenneth Hagen, Hagen. Mm-hmm. and she and was when, very close with Sister Wilkerson. Yeah, and when she talked under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God filled her mouth, mm-hmm. and she had such experiences beyond the veil of many things, visions, visions. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm reminded of is the 18 silent years mm-hmm. she saw of Jesus. The Lord From the told time her. he was 12 years old, of course, his parents couldn't find him. He was at the temple. But from the time he was 12 to the time he was 30, when he reappeared with John the Baptist. And all of that to say how she was shown that he learned. Uh And he grew up in a carpenter shop. She was, uh, the Lord said, I'm going to show you how I taught him. Mm -hmm. And she said, I was in the carpenter shop. I saw him finish his last table. His back was to me. He didn't take shortcuts. He polished it. He made it perfect. And then he turned around and opened his arms to her. And she said, I stepped inside him, put my arm, one arm where his arm was, one leg where his leg. And she said, instantly I was as huge as the universe and as small as the tiniest atom in it. And she said, the Lord uh, had to be taught. And over in um, Isaiah, where it says that he, he had to come in the scriptures, he had to be taught in the scriptures as he read the scriptures, this is me. This is me that I'm talking about. This is you. Um, this is talking about me. Uh, I didn't look this up because I didn't know we were going to come. But in Isaiah chapter 50, it talks about how God and Psalm 119. Psalm, yeah, Psalm 119. Isaiah chapter 50, do you have it there, Shelley? I have Isaiah 50. Okay, Mom, uh, Kylie, do you have Isaiah 50 for Mom? Yeah, and, and I, I have to find it. Okay. Uh. Oh, yeah, the Lord has opened, the yeah. Lord God, verse 5 of Isaiah 50, the Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away no, no, you got to start back one. Okay. Uh, verse four. Verse four. Okay. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned. See, God gave to Jesus the tongue of the learned, the tongue of the taught. Mm-hmm. Yes. In order that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh morning by morning. He waketh my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, 
and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. And so that's what she was told, that he had to be taught. He had to see himself in the scriptures, and that the Lord would waken him in the mornings and would show him, like this scripture right here. There was one day when he had to read this and know that it was him. That it was talking about him. He opened mine ear. The picture there of the Hebrew word is he dug it out. And when God opened his ear and showed him who he was in the scriptures, I was not rebellious. I neither turned away back. He didn't rebel against it. I gave my back to the smiters, my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and stop. See, there was a day he had to read that. Yes. And then there was a day when he fulfilled it. And he remembered because God had taught him. And he told Sister Grace, Jesus said to Sister Grace, I never laid my head down to sleep that I did not meditate the scriptures and who I was in them. Hallelujah. Can we do that today? Can we make a fresh commitment uh, for the benefit of being more like Jesus? And doing what he did. Meditating who we are. And not. And let the word tell us who we are. Yes. And meditating on that before we go to sleep. On who we are in the scriptures. Who we are in Christ. And who he is in us. The greater one in us. I love to say the greater one puts me over. And I like to say and I, this too. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I do not lack for sleep tonight, for the Lord is my shepherd, and he causes me to lie down in green pastures. But you have Psalm 119, Mom. I have Psalm 119, Mim. Mm -hmm. If you have a good reference Bible, it's going to show you that all of these verses are divided. This longest book in the Bible is divided into eight verse stitches, and each one of them begins with a certain letter of the alphabet, Hebrew alphabet. Now, the one that begins with M is verse 97. In that vision that Sister uh, Grace Grace had, this was another scripture that uh, God was showing her how he taught Jesus. And this speaks of Jesus. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. God's word that he meditates on. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. And she was shown how that this scripture foretold uh, when he went down to the doctors and lawyers. And he had more understanding than they did. Because all of his life, only 12 years old, he had been meditating in the word of God. He loved God's word. He meditated in it, and he had more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. They were older rabbis, but he understood more than they, because he had been meditating God's word. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, 
And the Lord told Sister Grace, this is not talking about David. His feet had gone in some evil ways. Mm -hmm. This is talking about Jesus. Yes. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. God the Father taught Jesus. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. So that little part there is how God taught Jesus. Bless the Lord. It's so, so good. And in the same way, he's teaching us. That's it. In the same way, you know, um, I have a lot of people come to me and like, Kylie, like when I'm in the quiet of the nighttime or when I just lay down, um, you know, just these thoughts come and, and I'm thinking on those. Well, to, uh, meditation is just a big word for muttering or chewing or thinking on something. Mm-hmm. And if the, the, the enemy knows he knows the word of God. He knows <laughs> how to steer the the boat of your life. And if he can make you meditate on the wrong things, you start to act and become what he wants you to think on. But the, the cool part about it is we can meditate on who we are and what he what the Lord has called us to do. Like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. It's exactly like the same. He- G- adolescent Jesus was like, Lord, show me who you need me to be Mm -hmm. and what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. And, and he would think on that and find the scriptures that support that. And that's the same with you lying where you are or thinking during the day, not, um, Oh, I'm just, I'm no good. I don't think good. I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. No, replacing those thoughts with who he made you to be. And then your behavior and your actions and your thought process will start to mold into exactly fulfilling the destiny on your life. Just like Jesus fulfilled the destiny on Thank his God life. God he did. And Connie, don't you have a book that's kind of got, brings those things out? I do. It's called winning the mind battle, uh, available, um, on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And, and, uh, it goes through practically And the last, uh, chapter of the book, um, mom did on a parent's perspective on how to, um, believe God for your child. But the chapter before that one is all the in him and in whom scriptures things to meditate so, who so, we are. So you can, you could grab that. You could look at that and you could replace that and you could start doing the same thing. Jesus did the to, same thing. Jesus that did. He did. He showed us what to do in every step of our life. He is our example. He came and lived it for me, for me. And, and the Holy spirit is called a teacher. Yeah. Yep. You have something, Mom, in closing? Oh, I just thought about um, when Sister Claire Grace is beholding this vision, Mm -hmm. and she saw Jesus at the moment when he read in Isaiah, he gave his back, Mm. and he said, who is this? And she saw where the Father God said, Son, it's you. And he received it. And he turned not away. He turned not away. He That's another way to, how, to keep our ear open. You talk about a, an awakening. Mm-hmm. What about an awakening of the ear of our heart mm-hmm. being dug out by God mm-hmm. to hear him at this new season, new year, as we're approaching very soon? 
to hear him, an awakened ear, and keeping it open by being How do you keep obedient, it open? Mm-hmm. By being Obedience obedient. keeps it open. So apparently Jesus had to hear, son, there's going to be some shame involved. They're going to pluck out the beard. And he said, I rebelled not. <laughs> son, I want you to give your back. And let them whip you. And let them whip you. With the cat or nine tails. Have you ever gotten accidentally slapped on the back by someone who came up to say, hi, good to see you, and they slap you on the back and it hurts? But what about that? That was a cat or nine tails. Jesus. The Roman whip. And you know, for those of you (sighs) that are believing God for healing this Christmas season, consider those stripes on his back. Every one of them was for you. And he willingly did it. Mm -hmm. He was obedient. Humble obedience to buy your healing. By his stripes, you are healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my two special guests, Mimi and Mom. You guys, you know, I don't, you can be a part of, be part of the clan now and call them Mimi and Mom. We thank you once again for taking time out of your busy week to win the week with us together. And just remember, we'll be back next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. We love you very, very much.